Hello and welcome to All Gospel No Germs. You can follow us on Twitter or email us at allgospelnogerms at stlukesholbeck.org.uk. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to our fourth episode of All Gospel No Germs. Um, and today's episode is off John 20, 19 to... 31, I think. 31, oh goodness. It's on 31. Um, we have myself here and we have Barbara and Emily. And Barbara is going to lead us in our reading. Yes, as, uh, as Josh said, it's from uh, John chapter 20. I'm not, actually not going to read the whole thing. I'm only going to read up to verse 23. So starting at verse 19. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. There we go. Um, So Rolf spoke on this on Sunday um, Mm -hmm. because it was Easter Sunday. Yes. Easter Sunday number two. Number two. Yeah. Oh yeah, because I remember he was talking about it was the low after the high. That's right. Yes, low Sunday. It's called. So, what is low Sunday? Can you explain it a little bit, Barbara? Well, um, I did look into it, and there's no theological reason behind it. It really is just a Sunday where everybody feels a bit of a letdown after all of the wonderful Easter celebrations. Yeah. The emotional hangover. <laughs> yeah, I think it, uh, it, t- it tends to be a, a lower congregation because people are churched out. <laughs> but, uh, no, there's no theological reason or scriptural reason why it should be called Low Sunday. It's just because it's after Easter. Okay. I'm going to say the way Rolf spoke out was interesting about, like, we've come from the highs of resurrection. Um, but actually, Jesus is still just as alive as he was the week before. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's like, it's not a, at all a miserable sermon that he preached. It was very mm. kind of enlivening. Um, do you want me to, I can give a quick summary of what he said and then we can yes, read it in chat. Um, so he basically was asking the question, Rolf was asking, what does the impact of the resurrection have on us and our lives? Um, and so he went through three points. The first point being that Jesus brings life. So he pointed out that the disciples themselves were in lockdown, um, kind of how we are at the moment, um, but that nothing can keep Jesus out. The disciples didn't have to go looking for him. They didn't have to prepare anything to get ready for him. He just turned up, locked door, couldn't keep him out. The weight of their grief, their anxiety, their fear, none of that kept him out. He came where he wanted to be. Um, and Rolf was saying that it's the same with us. We don't have to get ready to meet Jesus. He comes to us. So Jesus brings life. The second point was that Jesus bears scars. So uh, as Christians, we prioritize the resurrection over Jesus's death because of the magnitude of the resurrection. It is life bringing. Um, And Jesus's scars are confirmation of this. They show us that he had to die, but they also show us the power of the resurrection to overcome that. Um, 
Rolf likened it to if you had a, an enormous debt and not only is that debt paid off on your behalf, but you receive money in return. The power of the resurrection and Jesus' scars is so big. Um, and then the final point was that Jesus breathes peace. Um, and I loved this point in particular. He says that Jesus says, peace be with you in this passage three times, which emphasizes just how important it is. Um, that we don't need to live with fear, that that fear can be gone. Um, and then finally, he challenged us to say, we might believe that Jesus died and that he rose again, but do we also believe in Jesus's peace, the peace that he brings us? Um, do we feel like we can truly face the future without fear? So it was a very, um, it was a really passionate sermon. Um, and I think a really good way to start the sort of post Easter part of the year to be thinking mm. about what does, what's the significance of this for us, not just in terms of the story of Jesus in the New Testament. What stuck out to you, Barbara? Um, I think the the second one, really, that Jesus bears scars, that um, you, it's that you can have hurt in your life and, and those things will scar you, but the, the resurrection of Jesus can, can also bring a resurrection to you that although there are things in your past that might hurt, they, they don't have to rule your life. You can bring them to Jesus and he will uh, bring a resurrection about in you. Because his resurrection is not just about him. Um, it's about all of us that we can all be uh, brought to life, so to speak, by, by what he has done for us. Have you, I don't know if this is a personal question, but have you got an example of sort of an area in your life that has been resurrected because of your relationship with Jesus, Barbara? Well, um, yes, I have. Uh, it's going back a little way. I was, uh, I was doing a course called Freedom in Christ. And one of the things you had to do as part of this course was just to sit by yourself in a room and think of, of some hurt from your past and bring it to Jesus and allow him to deal with it. And the hurt that I thought of was I had a very bad relationship with my mother-in-law. Um, I, I found her really cruel in some ways. She said some horrible things to me and I've found it difficult to forgive her for that. And as I brought this to Jesus, I, I wouldn't say I had a vision, but I sort of saw a picture. I mean, she died by this time, so there was no way I could reconcile with her on earth. But I had a picture of us meeting in heaven and just hugging each other. And after that, I, I never felt the same uh, pain or resentment as I'd felt up to that point. So I, I think, yeah. you know, bringing that to Jesus really, really helped me. Yeah. And that's like what you were saying about scars. Like, it doesn't, the fact that, you were able to feel that and overcome that doesn't remove the fact that those things happened and that you felt that way there yeah. are like the metaphorical scars i guess mm -hmm. but you're able to sort of i don't know overcome it yeah yeah with God's help. that's a really lovely story i think the thing that stuck out to me although two things that stuck out to me um with the sermon um and the first one I've forgotten. So the second one was when um, Rolf was saying, like, how like, how are we trying to make ourselves perfect before we come in front of God and Jesus? Or like, are we just are we just presenting ourselves? Because 
like um, in verse 19, and like Jesus stood among them, like he found them through a locked door. Like, are, are we hiding? Are we trying to make ourselves perfect before we approach our king? Or are we just making ourselves available? Um, and that made me think, like, am I giving the time for Jesus to like come and meet with me? Um, and the answer would probably be no, I'm not. Um, but that's something I'd like to do. Like, as soon as we make ourselves available, like Jesus will will speak to us. So, like, how are we going to do I that? I find that. Lives? I feel like I have to, if I'm going to pray, I have to sit down and I have to get out some paper in case I want to write anything down and the lighting has to be right and I have <laughs> to, you know, be ready to be in a calm space and maybe I'll put on some nice music. And obviously that never happens because either I'm too tired and so the thought of doing that, I'm like, I'd just rather go to bed or it's like, not I'm too busy and then it doesn't happen and I think that's like you say it's not about having to get ready to meet with Jesus but just saying I'm in a mad rush on my way from work going home or I'm trying to make dinner while at the same time like messaging these people and answering this email and actually God's still there isn't he still mm. come to find you even in that yeah whether your heart is feeling it or not yeah something I've been really um enjoying doing at the moment is with my new job I get to see um Lots of people in the community have been working as What's a support worker. Push? I've been working as a support worker <laughs> in, in York. And we spoke about this before we started the podcast. And basically um, doing lots of practical like personal care and companionship and things like that. And actually it's given me a chance to, um, or I've been giving myself the, the challenge of praying for every person I meet in my day. And that normally looks like a minute whilst I'm tidying or, or helping them do something. Um, but actually like things have been happening already um, and it's been really great to see and it's something that I wouldn't normally get the opportunity to do and it shows like you don't have to wait for the the, um, the conditions to be right to, to bring things to Jesus like you've just got to do it I really enjoyed that. that's like a another kind of I guess a, a cool like consequence of that is that Rolf's last point about Jesus sort of breathing peace when we have the peace of Jesus, we can then do that for other people. Like mm. the bit that Barbara read about, if you say somebody's sins are forgiven, they are forgiven. Um, that when you go into those people's lives, you can be sort of Christ-like in the way that you go in and do that, can't you? Which I guess is the, the sort of next step on even after Rolf's sermon is um, sort of go and do likewise. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a big responsibility is given us, isn't it? If we say people are forgiven, they're forgiven. And if we say they're not, then we're not. So we've got to be uh, really ready to be like him and to forgive. Um, not to bear grudges or resentments or, or to judge people um, when, when we meet them. And I think if we open ourselves up, people will share with us and we must be prepared not to be judgmental. I used to find that at a job I used to have, there was a girl who started and she like, was like long legs, like reasonably tight clothes, like long luscious blonde hair, perfect makeup. And I full on boxed her into like the airhead box in my head. And I was like, oh, she's not worth my time. She won't be interesting to me. And then as soon as I spoke to her, she was like, firstly a lot more selfless and generous than I was she like had done a degree really similar to mine we had loads in common and loads to talk about she was like super creative and like made her own clothes and stuff I was like oh I need to take that straight back like there's no way that I can sort of 
when I refused to allow other people to be themselves, I sort of refused to see them for who they are, you know, and then that kind of, I guess it reflects back on you. I feel like we're probably getting a bit sidetracked now from Rolf's uh, original points. But I was like, oh yeah, probably that probably comes with if you're going to be breathing peace to other people, then not judging them is a good place to start. I miss sharing the peace. Um, what an underrated part of church. I never thought I'd miss it. Like it always used to be like a bit of like, oh, like oh, who am I going to talk to? I'll just talk to the person that I brought with me and pretend I don't know them. Um, but like actually now I was just thinking like I miss being able to turn around and shake someone's hand and find something new about someone. Um, I love it at St. Luke's as well. The first time yeah. I ever came, it was me and um, I don't know if anybody listening who knows Carrie as well. Um, but we came together for the first time and everybody like gets out of that rows. They like go yeah. down. Some people are like, I'm going to say hello to every single person in church today. It was like such a full on experience and it makes you and your new feel so welcome as well. I love the way St. Luke's does the piece. It's so like wholehearted. <laughs> Certainly that, yes. <laughs> How are we sharing the piece um, when we can't do it like physically in a conventional sense? What are people doing? Ooh, good question. I would say I am not very good at kind of making connections with strangers. If somebody else does it to me and I'm the same with giving and sharing the piece in church if somebody else comes up to me I'll, I'll have a chat with them but I'm not quite I'm not always brave enough to go and be like I've not met you before I can't remember your name I'm going to come up and say hello mm. Mm. yeah I'm yeah, very much I'm very much the same I mean put me up in front of a room of 50 people I'm fine but actually put me with one person and ask me to talk to them and I find that very difficult yeah well you're all of my neighbours are out in their front gardens at the moment because the weather is so glorious and I've yeah. spoken to none of them. <laughs> yeah, and so you live in a, like a terraced house and you're really close to mm -hmm. them, aren't you? Like yeah. that would be, that'd be cool if you could speak to them. I know that's really hard. I hear all their conversations. I kind of sort of, some of them I like nod hello to, but if they're sat out having a cup of tea out the front and I am as well, it'll be a like a little like wink yeah. and a nod, yeah. not a wink, a nod and a smile and that'll be it. Yeah. We all need to take lessons from John because he can talk to anybody. Mm. He can yeah, talk to he can. Strangers and find out their life history in five minutes. <laughs> yeah. I guess then going back to how are we sharing the piece with others? What I'd like to ask a question sort of before we even get to that. What, what does it mean to share peace or to have Jesus's peace? Mm. Um, if we ourselves have peace, does it just mean like saying the words peace be with you or does it just mean feeling calm or is it something a bit different to that? What do you guys think? When Jesus says peace be with you, what does he mean? I think on theme or in line with the sermon, I think peace be with you to me. Like if I say that, I think for me, it means like living in the knowledge that Jesus is resurrected. Um, like that brings peace and Rolf was talking about how um, not only did did, did um, Jesus die for our sins like he could have left it there maybe not like theologically speaking but that could have been it he could have taken all our sins and be like right start again but he didn't like he came back um, so he, like he didn't only die for us but he then came back for us um, and like that brings me so much peace 
Um, but I feel like for me, that would be like how I would talk about joy, like the mm. quote joy of the Lord. So I don't know if are you, are they similar? Are they the same or are there sort of layers of difference in there? Yeah. I mean, they are fruits of the spirit, aren't they? Peace, joy, hope, <laughs> something, 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 something. Yeah. Um, I think for me, like, I think peace and joy probably come. You are, I, I'd say I'm peaceful and I'm joyful. Um, that's a good, that's a good way of putting it, I suppose. I think, I like what, got, sorry, Barbara, you go. No, I just think, you know, if you look at it in the context of where he said it in this passage, if you think of how the disciples were feeling at the time, uh, they were full of fear and anxiety. And, and as Rolf said, you know, a feeling maybe that their life had been wasted. I mean, they'd been following Jesus for three years and all of a sudden it was all over and they didn't know what to make of it. Um, and I think when he says, peace be with you, he's sort of saying, you know, forget all that. You forget your worries, forget your anxiety, forget your fears that you're going to be the next one hung up on a cross. Um, because I'm with you, I'm here. So I, I think peace is a, you can't say it's a freedom from anxiety because we're all obviously at the moment very anxious about everything. But when anxiety comes over you, you know that you can turn to Jesus and say, look, Lord, I feel this. And he can say, no, peace be with you. I'm here. Mm. Barbara, I love what you've just said. Um, when, when I, before I started St. Luke's, I hadn't moved to Leeds yet. So I was still living with my parents. I hadn't yet trained to be a teacher. Um, and I was just sort of still in the tail end of having had a bit of, I guess, uh, I don't know, a blip in my faith. I'd had about a year where I had been going to church only on and off. I, for a while, I tried to be not a Christian, but I hadn't quite been able to manage that. I was so full of doubt, a huge amount of fear about God's judgment and God's anger and um, a lot of like very like upsetting emotions about things that my friends were going through that were really hard and difficult. Um, and I was really nervous about finding a church in Leeds that wasn't going to make those feelings worse. So I knew I wanted to carry on going to church, but I had, I've been to a whole load of different kinds of churches and a lot of them just make you feel guilty or make you feel guilty for not feeling as happy as everybody else who's there. Um, and my mum came up to me just before it was the night before I moved to Leeds and she said I've just been praying for you and I don't think you need to worry about finding a church God rewards those who are faithful and you have been faithful by by deciding to stick with going to church mm. and just the fact that she said those words a massive like it was like I could take a deep breath again a massive weight lifted off my shoulders and when you talk about peace in that sense Barbara I'm suddenly have it suddenly like clicked like what that means it's that feeling of things are still going to be difficult I still have all of this anxiety and anger and like doubt but I don't feel anymore like there will there will it will never end you know I feel like there's sort of a pinprick of light that I might be able to find my way to through the midst of everything and the first church I tried was St Luke's and it was so full of welcoming people and good teaching and happy chaos and immediately I felt like I was going to be included no matter what state I was in rather than have expectations for like the size of my faith yeah. so that's a, a boost to St Luke's to say well done guys you were great oh, yeah. and thank 
Uh, but also, well, as a long-term member of St Luke's, that's really good to hear because I mean yeah. that that that's what a church should be. A church isn't for the people that are already there; it's for people coming in to feel that they're part of it and welcome. And, and I'm, a church know, really that has brought that. me peace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that's really I like had never uh, peace in my mind was not like something I was connecting to something I've actually experienced. So that was a really cool connection to what I've just made. No, that's great. I think that's that kind of summed it up really well. So I guess then the challenge question that Rolf asked was, we might believe that Jesus died and rose again, but do we believe in the peace that Jesus brings? Mm. So I suppose that's the question that we need to be asking ourselves. And I wonder how how having the peace of Christ might change how we we perhaps face the future in the light of the pandemic and not being able to worship together um i certainly find it hard not being able to come to church and have that sort of i guess infusion of of peace and community from people together yeah. so how can we face the future without fear where we are someone um i'm trying to find it on my phone um posted something really interesting on facebook saying about um peace um and that don't cling to the hope of when lockdown finishes cling to the hope that jesus um knows what's going on and like is resurrected and brings peace and joy and all those things like what if we were on lockdown forever would we still believe in in what's being said like um, don't see this as a means to an end but like make it a fruitful time and um the things we believe when we're outside are still the things we believe when we're stuck in our homes um nice i think that that would be the challenge for me I think it's it's not something the fact that he says peace be with you three times uh, indicates to me that it's not something that you can just get and have and keep and it's always there I think on the contrary it's something that you have to be constantly renewing so that you know you 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 bring something to Jesus and, and you experience that peace, but the next day something else crops up or maybe the same thing again crops up and you start panicking about, you know, will the children, in my case, will the children be grown up before I can ever play with them again? Yeah. Um, uh, and, you know, sometimes I can bring that to Jesus and say, you know, please give me peace on this. And he does. But then the same thing might crop up on another day. So I think we have to keep renewing um, that uh, that call for peace as, as we come to him and every day, really. I mean, maybe the first thing you say in the morning is, Jesus, please give me your peace today. Mm. Yeah, that's a good thing, a good kind of way that you could start. I think I feel especially for me, it's facing the future without fear is taking what you said Barbara back into when I have to restart work because I work as a year one primary school teacher I work really long days it's um very demanding and I find it really hard to keep any space in my head for Jesus during the day when it's just manic like one thing to the next like 30 children all clamoring around me six years old and going crazy um and so I think what you've said Barbara about renewing that constantly um means that I don't have to be so anxious about going back in because I can know that I've got that peace coming with me yeah now is a good time to practice absorbing <laughs> the peace of Jesus before that all starts up again 
yeah just a little bit of personal advice when when i was a teacher i was a secondary school teacher i used to you know you have these diaries where you um, write your lesson plans down and everything i always used to paste into the front of that diary i mean in my case it was a hymn which was Forth in thy name, O Lord, I go my daily labour to pursue the only the resolve to know in all I think and speak and do. And just reading that every morning as I started my lessons, it sort of set me on the right path. That's a really nice piece of advice. Yeah. And I guess easily transferable to other professions that aren't teaching. Oh, yes. Yeah. God, thank you for this opportunity to um, celebrate and think about and reflect on and uh, talk about your peace and the peace that you bring through your resurrection, which has transformed everything and can transform us. Thank you for the fact that we don't have to do anything to receive your peace and to receive your life, but that you bring it straight to us and offer it to us uh, completely free. Um, I pray for the three of us as we continue on into our weeks and also for anybody who's listening to this and for all of the community of St. Luke's that we're able to feel your peace so deep down inside us that uh, we don't have to fear the future. Amen. 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 Thanks for listening. You can email us at allgospelnogerms at stlukesholbeck.org.uk or follow us on Twitter for news and updates where our handle is gospelnogerms. God bless and take care.